Hi, I'm Kirk White. And I'm Christina Shear, and welcome to the What is Really Important podcast, where we believe in having engaging conversations about life-changing moments of transformation. Lifetime entrepreneur, author, and philanthropist, Kirk White of Goal to Succeed will inspire you to live an intentional life and turn your big dreams into goals. Co-hosted by social media evangelist, brand smith, and speaker, Christina Shear inspires and equips believers to share their faith on the internet. So let's get started on our episode. Kirk, take it away. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kirk. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well. So I saw, um, first thing I want to talk about, actually, I saw your pictures of your um, little puppy. Oh, (laughs) you know, I always get the best results from my content when it involves a pet. So maybe I should just never post anything about me anymore. Or maybe it's my dog with my book. I don't know. There's some secret there. He's just so cute. <laughs> oh, and I know. And I, I like the picture uh, sitting with his legs uh, crossed. I know. He is like the fanciest dog. My dad cracks up at it all the time. He's like, who taught him to sit with his paws crossed? And I, I was like, I don't know. I was going to say, yeah, did you teach him to sit like that? No, no, not at all. But I will say he is a purebred dog and his puppy mama um, was one of those like Westminster, like high level performing show dogs. So he was specifically bred to be a show dog. But my sweet little puppy Kane actually has um, an underbite. And so he never made it into the show ring. But their loss is my gain. So I... I got him before he even went into the show world. He was adopted out of North Carolina. One of the craziest things I've ever done. I got on a plane, flew out to North Carolina, adopted a dog, rented a car and drove home. <laughs> oh, wow. You, you know, it's it's funny you say that because um, these these dogs that are purebred, um, I have a friend um, here up in Canada who told me that his niece is a, a like a, a dog deliverer. Oh. Okay? So she has a business out of Utah and she flies all, and she's doing it even now during the pandemic. The other day she was in San Francisco and she had to bring a dog from San Francisco to New York City. Um, and then she was someplace else. Uh, anyways, a couple dogs this week. And um, he said she had two dogs on her carry-on. So she takes them on her carry-on I guess from the breeders and she delivers them to people. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never heard of that um, business before, but she started this business and I guess it's, you know, really successful and she's, uh, she loves pets. And so um, it, you know, it's a great fit for her. So she flies around. Uh, U.S. and Canada delivering dogs. Oh, my gosh. Well, Kane's puppy mom is from Canada, if I remember correctly. He's from she's from up there. And then the boy dog that I think she was bred with was down in North Carolina. I don't know. The the Lakeland Terrier breed, which is the breed of dog that I have, is super rare. There's only 250 of them in the entire country of the, you know, northern, you know, America. And so... You know, it's funny when people see him, they always like guess what breed he is and they've got a million yeah. questions. And our yeah. family um, up to this point have adopted every single one of our pets. So we've always had Airedale Terrier breeds. We've adopted four in the past. And so to say the least, we were like 
strict puppy parents in the past, like no dogs on the bed, no dogs on the couch. You know, we don't feed them people food. This dog runs this house. Let me tell you, he sleeps (laughs) in the bed. Like when my, my sweet mom gets up in the morning to go work out and do her, excuse me, her morning routine. She carries him into my room and he snuggles up next to me in the morning until I'm ready to get up. (laughs) I mean, come on, just so spoiled he sits on all the couches and chairs and you know whenever there's someone sitting he, he's like oh it's a lap to sleep in okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love That's it cool. well thanks for for seeing that and i love that you're seeing some of the content that i'm doing i'm trying to step up oh. my social media game myself it's always challenging when you manage social media for so many other brands. By the time you get to your own content, you're kind of fatigued. So I've really been just pushing myself to put out content continuously. And um, there's an amazing program out there called Project Storyline by Alex Beaton. I've been a part of her content creation kind of programs for years and following what she does. And so I get a daily prompt from her every day and I get to do the content. So it just, it makes it simple. I don't have to think about it either. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, the one thing though, I, I thought when I saw the dog, what, why did you put the, he had, the poor little guy had, a, was a turtle on his back? Or something? Oh, it, it's his piggy. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it was so silly. So what's so funny about this dog is he, he, depending on his mood, like sometimes he wants to play incessantly. And then other times he's like, ah, I'm over it. Like he's very fickle. And so sometimes what we'll do is we'll put like his toy on his back and he has such pristine, like, you know, pedigree of walking. It won't fall. It'll just sit on his back and he'll walk around with it. It is the funniest thing. So I just, he brings <laughs> such joy. I mean, I mean, he annoys me too. Joy. <laughs> oh, that's good. So um, I'm just wondering, uh, the other question actually I had for you is, have you been, um, did you get plugged into a church or are you going to the same church that you, um, you know, went to before when you lived, you know, with your parents? That's such a great question. Since it's been 18 years since I was actually rooted in Michigan, you know, pre really in high school, I actually yeah. didn't really go to any sort of church in high school. I I kind of came up in the Catholic church and then was never really involved outside of maybe youth group mm-hmm. at a local ministry. But every year when I would come home, I would try to, you know, convince my parents to come with me to go visit a church. So there is a church here that I've had my my eye on. Uh, I think they've been reopened for services maybe one or two weeks now. Okay. I really haven't felt too comfortable going just yeah. given my own personal health and my Uncle Al being 93 and we're caregiving for him. I, I just, I don't feel safe. I'm just going to be really honest. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. And um, I wish I did. <laughs> so at this point, I'm still continuing to pursue church in an online fashion. And I've also got my eye on a new church that just moved into the city right before the pandemic. Talk about crazy church planning timeline. But um, they are a Hillsong affiliated ministry. And okay. I love Hillsong. I've always enjoyed visiting their churches. We never had one in Nashville, but we had um, a Hillsong church plant in 
South Africa. So I used to go do like my own church and then which I was, you know, affiliated with as a ministry. And then I would go visit their church (laughs) at night. So I would do like devil services on Sunday. I loved it. And so, yeah, I've kind of, I don't know. I'm just kind of dipping my toe in the water a little bit of everywhere right now is kind of my thing. And I know you attend quite a bit on online as well. Yeah. So actually, Mine's similar to to you. So there's a local church here when we're here in the summertime, we we go to, um, but we, we don't feel comfortable going. Um, just don't want to be inside. Um, just kind of a personal preference, you know, for us. We're, you know, we're not like, like yourself, we're not scared. We just don't feel comfortable um, doing that. And we're kind of enjoying, in a sense, online because we watch a couple, you know, different uh different services online to get different perspectives. Um, some of them that we watch online are very big church and some of them, you know, small church. Um, so it, it's, it's good that way. I'm involved with a couple Bible studies. And of course we still have our missional community group that meets on zoom in um, Florida. So, and, and, and it's kind of funny because we're not in Florida right now, but really nobody is really going to church because some of the, most of the, Lockdown has been rolled back because Florida is kind of the hot spot. So it's almost like we're just like everyone else. Like nobody's gone, you know, really to church. So everything's continuing online. So in a sense, yeah. it's good for us because we're really connected um, because no one else, like we don't feel left out because no one's going to church. Um, so that's kind of, you know, good for us. And, you know, we feel connected with the people because we know them because we've met them before in, you know, person. Sure. And then we're just continuing on Zoom. And then I just actually got off a Bible study. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, a group of guys from, it's based out of California. It's Saddleback Church. Oh, and, great. Um, yeah, Rick Warren's church. And so there's, I think now, 12 different countries represented um, and about maybe the same amount of cities across the United States. That's amazing. So we, yeah, so we meet online. It's good for me because I'm in Atlantic time. So they meet at six o'clock, six a.m. And um, so some guys like like myself, my friend, um, when I'm in Florida, when I'm in Florida, it's at nine a.m. Here it's at ten a.m. And then there's people all over the world. Some of them are in the middle of the night. Some of them are late in the evening. But anyway, so we all meet, and it's been a really good group. And then I meet with another group. Uh, another church um, just south of Boston, and it's also good. It's a mixed group, so my wife uh, and myself meet with that. So we've been doing a lot online, really getting plugged in. So it, it keeps us, you know, uh, grounded and you know in the Word, and you know we're learning a lot. So um, that's, that's good. good. And I I just encourage anybody who's you know looking for a church, just try different um, churches out online. You know, if you don't feel comfortable. Because a lot of places, um, you know, aren't having services. Um, I know that I was reading in the Christian Post that Andy Stanley's church is not going to meet until 2021. Yeah, quite a few major ministries made that an official announcement. And then, I mean, if you take into consideration some of the governor's laws being passed or motions, I think they're actually called in California, like they're saying... You, 
you know, if they were to even have a church service at this point, it would be banned for you to sing and worship. So, you know, I I think in a lot of ways, the church has left the building, but thank God we know that we are the church (laughs) wherever we go. But for a lot of people, that's still a pretty foreign concept. And so I'm really intrigued to see how the church comes alive when it's been removed from the four walls that we've been kind of so used to coming into, you know, the, the tuning in on Sundays and that's it, you know, and kind of picking the box of, Oh, I attended service. That whole dynamic's gone. And as someone that's been a part of church staff and, you know, administrating many, many services for quote unquote, a mega church, you know, since it was about 3000 people at the time, it's, it's an interesting transition because so many ministries are not set up for like an online experience, like Saddleback is right. But, you know, they kind of went into like, Oh, how do we figure out how to do this for Easter weekend online? Right. And now it's okay. How do we serve our current membership in an online outside of the four walls capacity? But at this point, and I think myself is, you know, I'm a perfect example. We're trying to figure out how, how do you get plugged into a ministry you've never stepped foot in? And so many ministries don't provide that online digital outreach component. They were never designed for that. They are always trying to bring you in the doors and provide you this experience. So I'm intrigued. I'm watching. I'm in a lot of these like church communication groups on Facebook, seeing what thousands of different ministries are doing and how they're welcoming people back. And, you know, what is it like? And some of it's been really good to see. And then there's obviously the downside of people going back to church and then a large cluster of COVID cases are coming out of it. So, yeah, it's interesting. It it, it is. Yeah, it is interesting times. Um, because like you said, um, a lot of the churches were geared towards actually their, you know, physical location. And right. it's, it's neat to see places like, you know, Saddleback and, you know, different churches are still like, you know, Andy Stanley says like this church is still open um, <laughs> and they have people. So they have driveway, you know, Bible studies. So people are social distance. They have masks on. And they're in someone's driveway or they're at the church, you know, in the grass outside, but mostly in it's, it's all outside. And then they're feeding a lot of people. A lot of churches are still doing their food drives. It's a drive. Everybody's, you know, masked, um, you know, and has, um, you know, maybe shields on or something. So um, they're still doing outreach. And that's what it's some, some, I think that it's going to be, like you said, very interesting because there's some churches that are just doing the zoom on Sunday. And, and I don't think that they will survive. Okay. Because I think this is going to be a longer term thing. And so they have to get people connected during the week with volunteering and, and have more, you know, more things. So like they have to have studies, they have to have, you know, maybe alpha or something. But one thing interesting is, um, do you know, Nikki Gumbel from, uh, alpha? I don't think I do. Okay. So he, he started alpha, um, alpha, and do, do you know Alpha? I don't. Oh, okay. Tell me. So Alpha is basically um, just people, new Christians or someone searching, getting involved. So it's nationwide. Uh, sorry, it's worldwide. So they're mm. in every, pretty much every country, I think he said, in the world um, that, you know, allows them. Um, and it was started out of um, London, England. 
by Nikki Gumbel, and he was an atheist actually. And he started this alpha course where you, and the whole premise of this course is um, you meet for a meal. Okay. And okay. so you usually would, you would meet at a church. So a church would host it and then you meet for a meal and then you have a video. Then you have um, a little discussion. Then you have dessert, then another discussion. And they were, you know, meeting all over. And actually one of their spokesmen are, is Bear Grylls, you know, the survivalist. Yes, yes, yeah. I do know who that is. Yeah, so he's <laughs> one of their spokespeople. So um, it, it's very cool. And But Nikki was saying, so we were on a Zoom call with Nikki um, with the, the New Canaan Society. It's a group of, uh, it's a men's group. And um, it's all over the um, United States. So we had a Zoom call with him. And he was telling us that at first he thought, you know, they were looking at doing it online and they thought it would never work. But now they were forced to do it online. Right. And the first Zoom online course, um, it happened. And instead of getting roughly around 500 people, they got 1,700 people. Oh, my gosh. And lots That's of amazing. Conversions. Yeah, lots of new conversions. So he was just telling about that and saying that they he really thought it would never work online, but now it's working online. They're still going to continue when everything's over, the in-person, of course, but the the online is going to be a big part because he said there was people there that said they couldn't have been there because they were working. Some of them were at work um, taking part in it. Um, there were single mothers. Uh, there were just young families and, and all kinds of different people. And actually the one thing that was really exciting, he said was there was two Muslim girls that mm. could participate at home and no one knew they were at the church. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And then, he actually also told us that there was one guy that was there smoking, you know, uh, smoking marijuana <laughs> during, during the Zoom call. But like he wanted prayer because he was smoking marijuana too much. And, and after the course was over, he became a Christian. And so that like, he stopped by the end of the course, he stopped, you know, smoking. Come um, on. Yeah. That's so good. So that was cool. And he said, oh, that was, he said it was very interesting because like people were, really opened at their house because like this guy's like sitting there smoking a doobie. Um, <laughs> I love that you just called it a doobie. Oh yeah. gosh. And so anyway, it's like he's smoking there. So it was kind of funny that he was, he was saying that, but anyways, it was a really, ex um, you know, he said he was really encouraged for what he saw. So I think churches need, we need both. So we need in person and we need online. And sure. for people who can't, um, and like I told you before, the one church, Boston, that I go to, um, um, their Bible study during the week, and then I listen to them on Sunday also, is they've been doing the Zoom for a long time, and they have people from all over the world also. Um, That's amazing. You know, that join these uh, groups. And they were thinking of possibly changing their membership because they have some people all over the United States and the world that really feel at home there on that church on that, on um, you know, online. So they have in-person services, but not right now, but sure. you know, it's an actual physical church, but they do a lot of stuff in the community. I know for <laughs> me, I want a place that um, has an online pre presence. Um, and also too, is not just a weekly service at the church. I think a lot of churches, the buildings in a sense are, you know, a waste because they're only being used, you know, a couple times a week. I think people, the right. church should be 
all of us, um, you know, being together, like we're the church, not the building. What, what do you feel about that? I totally agree. I mean, I remember in a lot of my social media presentations talking about how the internet is, you know, the mission field 2.0 and how if you actually do the data research, the percentage of people discovering the gospel message or Christ outside of the four walls has multiplied tenfold in, in the past decade. And so ultimately people are discovering more about God outside of the building than they are inside the building. Yeah. And so I, I think the story that you just shared about Alpha and, you know, someone that is smoking and, you know, two young girls that are um, of a completely different faith structure, right? Uh Felt welcome to come to this online environment. It was safe for them to come. But those same people wouldn't have felt comfortable coming into the church. Could you imagine what would happen if that guy showed up and smoked in a sanctuary? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I could just, you know, and the, the sad part is, I think so many people believe they have to do better, get better, become better before they can enter the four walls of the church. But the reality is we're supposed to come as we are into the presence of the Lord and allow him to speak to us and refine us and and become closer to our identity in Christ, right? It's an ongoing process. It's not just a momentary thing. I mean, salvation is obviously, but the, the process of sanctification happens every day of our life. And so much of the heavy lifting of that that work, that soul work that we have to do happens outside of Sunday morning. Yeah. You know? So I I think this is really a great opportunity for the church as the body of Christ globally to reevaluate things. And I, I think even as you were sharing what you're looking for in a ministry, what I was looking for in a ministry when we were not in a COVID kind of world is very different than what I'm going to be looking for now. And so I, I, I need to sit down and even reevaluate, like, what am I looking for? You know, because to me, having a really strong Bible-based church with a prayer ministry is important. I'm not going to be as worried about singles ministry right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, but I am going to be concerned about, do they have, you know, uh, a young adult's ministry that I feel comfortable being in and talking with? Because... For me, a church community, a Christian faith-based community has been a primary source of support for me. And moving from Nashville, where I've had this massive faith-based support system into Michigan and not being able to walk into those four walls and find like-minded individuals and get plugged into a community quickly, that's really gone now. You know, the luxury of like going to Sunday service, meeting someone and them saying, oh, let's get Starbucks afterwards. And then now you have a new best friend. (laughs) That's that's not a reality right now. No. no. So, you know, I'm definitely need to do some more research. And I'm again, because I have this administrative background, I will often this is maybe bad that I'm admitting this, but I will test the process. (laughs) 
So I will send, I will go through the, the steps, right? So you go to a service normally and you submit an email, you fill out a card, you send a text message, like whatever their onboarding process is for a potential future member. I'll do those steps. I'll go to the information table. I'll meet someone. I'll fill out the prayer request form and I'll wait. I'll see if they actually call me to pray. Yeah. I'll see if they follow up with the email with my question about something. And it it hurts my heart to even say that a lot of times churches fall short in that area. And I know for me, like I'm strong in my faith and I'm already saved. So I don't necessarily need all of those steps to happen. But I think about those that maybe don't have a relationship with Christ. Yeah. That that finally take that courageous step to come into the building and say yes to God or say yes to being a part of this church thing that they're unfamiliar with. And then the follow-up process isn't there. So if anyone's listening to this, that is a part of a ministry and you have any role or responsibility for the follow-up process, I cannot say it enough. Please do what you are (laughs) tasked with doing. You know, it's the simple things like a text message or an email that can completely change someone's life. Because the reality is people are depressed right now. They're anxious. They are going through so much. Mm -hmm. And especially here in the States, as of, I think, this week for some states and next week, they are going to lose that extra $600 they've been getting in unemployment per week. Mm, yeah. And and so a lot of people have been unemployed, right, since March, but they've been making more money than they did before. Mm-hmm. And so I think everyone, not everyone, but a large portion, we're talking millions of people in the United States are going to suddenly awaken to the fact that they have no money. And the job market is very challenging and you know, how can the church support and be there for those people in this time of crisis? Like, I really think we're going to have to step up right now. So I want to be a part of whatever that is and whoever is doing that. You know, if I see them acting frivolously and not caring about my health and those kinds of things, then that's not the ministry for me. Yeah, it's just not. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree. And, and I think now what we, you know, when I spoke to you know, my wife and we, you know, we discuss it and a few other people is the church, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Um, I think there's too much emphasis on the Sunday service. It's more like a show. And I think we really, like you said, a lot of the, um, a lot of the interactions, you know, should be during, you know, the middle of the week. So we bear each other's burdens and we we're there for support. And that's what people need. They need support. Um, if it's babysitting for somebody, um, you know, driving them, you know, to the grocery store or picking up groceries for them, more connection um, during um, during the week is what we what we crave. Because a lot of times we will go to a church and just, you know, like you say, see everybody on Sunday, and then it's like, okay, see you next Sunday, kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> and, I- and we should be more connected, and and also more wanting to do things in the community. Um, because sometimes when I give, you know, to the church and I, and then I realize what are they doing in the community? Um, mm-hmm. you know, are, am I just, you know, sending this money to pay the, the salary and <laughs> right. for, keep the lights on for a building? No one's using. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm a different guy. I'm, I'm a minimalist. Um, and I'm thinking, 
this one church I go to in Boston, it's really cool because they share the church with someone else, with another another church. I love that. And, I think that's so smart. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, like, there's so many churches that could maybe stagger the times or whatever um, and really use the building, you know, for other things like, you know, drop off centers, you know, for clothing and, you know, like a mission to and, and a lot of churches are doing that. But I think if churches aren't really engaging with people, they're not going to survive, um, you know, this the situation that we're in, you know, worldwide. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I've been hearing among friends of mine is that a lot of ministries are shifting to pre-recording their services on Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday. And then basically everything's on autopilot on Sunday. Yeah. So it's got to be weird, first off, for like a pastor and the team to be off on a Sunday. That's got to be so weird. Yeah. And then on the other side of things, you know, you're media team, they're still working full-time plus plus because they're having to create and post all this content. I mean, mm-hmm. the the videos don't just play automatically on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone is, is doing all those steps and being available for IT and being there for prayer support and all those kind of next step components. So I found a lot of those individuals aren't really getting any form of a Sabbath and they're starting to burn out. And I know I've kind of alluded to that before, but that's like one of my huge prayers right now is that the church would, would kind of take the step back and, and really evaluate who on their team is getting so much pressure, who on the team is really doing nothing. You know, so many individuals, I don't know. I've had some interesting conversations like, so what are you doing in your role right now since the building's closed? And so a lot of pastoral people actually have kind of an easy peasy kind of to-do list right now. It's and funny I'm, thinking, you I'm like, why are they getting paid so much? And why haven't they pivoted all their responsibilities to a digital format or come up with something different? Like, why hasn't there been this transition because this isn't short term anymore. This is long term. Exactly. Uh, it's fun. I'm glad you brought that up, Christina, because mm-hmm. I, I have an issue with that. Um, I talked to you before, you know, just about money and it, like, you know, I wrote a book on, you know, Unlock Your Resources and Thrive. And it's near right. and dear to my heart, people, you know, living within their means and, you know, achieving, you know, living an intentional life. And, and I see that, too. And it, it's it's really I'm thinking to myself, if you were in the business world, you would be laid <laughs> off. Like, yeah, I you'd be furloughed. Goodbye. Yeah. You're the youth pastor and you haven't had any youth, you know, like since like March. And there's right. a thing called Zoom. There's Facebook Live. <laughs> there's other messenger rooms. Yeah. There's yeah. all kinds of things that you can do to have. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you just doing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, seriously, you yeah. know what I said? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want to give to, you know, a church or, you know, any organization that they're paying someone for doing nothing. Like, you tell me, you know, you have your business. If you hire somebody and you, you say, okay, you have a project for them to do, but then maybe that project's over, 
Are you going to continue to pay them if they have no uh, work? No, exactly. no. I, I'm <laughs> that that is I'm a very kind person when it comes to stuff like that. I am so black and white. I actually said this to my mom the other day about a situation that I have with a client. And I was like, you know, if this person wasn't a friend and it wasn't this specific scenario, I would have fired this person so long ago. Yeah. But it's, you know, you you have to balance things out, right? And yeah. and be mindful, but you can't just sit on your hiney right now and not do anything when literally like the harvest is here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Millions of people are coming to know the Lord that didn't before. We've got literally revival happening in California. Thanks to Sean out of the Bethel Reading church. And um, there's just so much going on. And I'm so excited to see like CNBC and all these like major publications, literally right in a headline. The church has left the building. Revival is here. It's on the coast of California. Like this is incredible. They're, they're paralleling what's happening in the last couple of weeks to the birth of the Jesus movement. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excitement. Like yeah, excited. Like you can hear it in my voice. Like I'm like, yes, I want to be in on this, but I, I don't know where that's happening here in Michigan. And I got a chuckle. The family that lives two doors down from us, I noticed that they have get togethers like every once in a while. I think it's normally on like Wednesdays. And I'm like, oh my God, is it a Bible study? Like I'm so excited that there may be a Bible study in my little corner of suburbia over here. But like literally I've never spoken to my neighbors. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, maybe one day they'll invite me to church <laughs> in the <Yeah>. backyard. <laughs> You know, like I'm just, I'm hoping, but maybe that's where I'll have to do it, you know, and maybe that's where I start doing a daily Bible study or, you know, a walking, walking club devotional through my neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, that's something I'm doing is I'm walking every day with the dog and I'm praying over yeah. my neighborhood. That's something I do. I don't know if anyone else recognizes that I do that, but that's always been something I've done to claim territory wherever I'm at. I pray and I invite the Lord in and um, declare peace over my neighborhood. We've had a hectic neighborhood in the past. Like this is probably more information than <laughs> I was expecting to share, but our particular street in this little realm of suburbia in Michigan has had multiple suicide deaths of fathers. Oh, wow. And, and it, it's very strange. And it often happens after there's like a major job loss. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's been a lot of trauma and stuff like that. And so that's something that I'm continually and perpetually praying about. And we also have new people moving in and things like that. It's a, you know, the neighborhood's changing. Those of us that were kids are grown and gone. And now the new set of kids are coming in. And so now we're getting the little ones coming in. Like we're about to get new neighbors by me. And so I'm so excited to see who we get as neighbors. Well, yeah. I might not be excited depending on who they are, but <laughs> I'm hoping at least the chickens will be gone now. Yeah. So <laughs> since they wake me up every day, but it, it's such an interesting transition that we're in right now. And, and so the, the church in my case right now is my household, right? I've yeah. got to start with myself and those closest around me. And then we build from there. 
Yeah. And so I'm excited, you know, as, as we would say in South Africa, watch this space, which means like more coming soon. And yeah. so I'm excited to get plugged into a church family. I'm feeling more settled in Michigan now. And um, that'll be my my priority in August. I've got lots of priorities for August, but oh, that's, <laughs> that's, good. that's one of them. I got to get back in the swing of things. <laughs> yeah, I think going forward, I think um, churches are going to have to really you know, see, you know, where their purpose is, um, mm, you know, yeah. is, is it in the big, you know, in the big building? Because I don't think this is going to be a short term thing. I think, you know, we might be in this for another maybe year. Um, but I think even going forward, the church has to change. And I think this, you know, some good can come out of this because I just think just going on Sunday is thing of the past. There has sure. to be more. There has to be more to it. I know for myself, there has to be more to it. I, I'm not going to be comfortable with just going and and not being in connected. I remember back in the day, um, you know, there was a prayer, you know, a prayer list, a prayer chain. People got in touch with people. Um, you did things with people. You say, hey, "How are you doing? Can I do anything for you?" Or, you know, you actually socialize. I remember going to church at like like you said Starbucks. But I mean, we always went out to. Um, you know, someplace to eat. There would be like 10 or 12 of us, you know, would go out someplace to eat after church. And that's, I know, I miss that so much. Yeah. I really do. The fellowship that came yeah, along actually, with Sunday and rest. That's the most important part. Yeah, you would exactly. meet and then savor the moment and like eat food and then talk about the word of God. Like, yes, like it was like dessert. I don't know. I get so excited about stuff like that because I've had incredible community support in the past. And so I miss it yeah. so much, but at the same time, those are the friendships that still make time to talk on zoom and text you and send you silly Marco Polo videos. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it was getting, it was getting crazy because before this all happened, I just talked to my wife and we were kind of laughing when we were driving. We, we had some people that we know in, in Orlando at the church uh, we went to and, you know, we go to there and, and they said they were so busy. This was, this was an early March. Or no, no, sorry. This was late February. Okay. They said they could meet us for dinner on, so this was in February, the last week in February, somewhere around there. They could meet us for dinner or to get together as a families in, on April 16th. And obviously we didn't get together. Because <laughs> COVID happened. Oh my gosh. But, if you got a book, if you have to book six weeks in advance to meet with a family for dinner, you're too busy. You know what right. I mean? Like, you know, you got it. You got it. Well, you know I mean, mean I, I can say firsthand that in order to meet the senior pastor of this ministry that I was a part of, it was two to three months wait for a one on one with the senior pastor. And. Yeah. I remember one day I was just like, okay, this is not acceptable. Like what is happening that, that, you know, what needs to be offloaded to other senior ministers? What, uh-huh. what is the, why is this a thing? Like, when do you get rest? You know, why is it yeah. that booked up and why are that many people in crisis in your ministry that they have to meet with you? You know, and, and when I was getting ready to go to South Africa, you know, I, I'll never forget this. this is like the craziest story. I sat down with the senior pastor and told him what was going on. And he looked at me and he was one of those like people behind the scenes that he knew the word of God over my life, but really just honestly wanted me to stay. 
I mean, just from like a very pastoral fleshly place, (laughs) I was valuable to the ministry and didn't really want to lose me. But God convicted him kind of in that moment and had a little light bulb moment. And I remember he looked at me and he said, every day that you're here in the United States, you are not fulfilling the assignment of God over your life. So what do you need to get there? We're going to be the wind in your sails and we're going to get you there as the body of Christ because we need you to be doing what you're assigned to do. And and it was just this whole perspective of like, instead of me fighting against the enemy to get to where I needed to go, now I had the body of Christ with me to get to where I needed to go. And it was it was beautiful. I mean, like literally the the things that transpired the following two weeks out, we'll save that for another podcast because it's one heck of an amazing like miracle testimony. But how that everything changed from that moment Mm -hmm. forward, it went from all this like headwind of opposition for probably 90 days to like acceleration moving forward. And I think that's really where the church has been just to parallel it. You know, we had all this opposition, especially the last handful of months and, and persecution. It's still going on now. We'll continue to, as we get closer to the end times, but the reality is we're seeing a great acceleration. And that makes me so excited that God's hand is in all of this, working it together for our good, that people, more people are coming into the body of Christ. More people are saying yes to serving in a different way. They're slowing their life down. Like all the things that you and I talk about, about what's really important and and the reality is church is really important. Your faith is really important. And we yeah. do need to be a part of the body and look at where we serve within the body of Christ. But also, where where are we within the local storehouse? You know, who are we serving? How are we helping? Where do we fit in? You know, we could be the answer prayer to a ministry here. Yeah. That's something I always think about whenever I walk into a yeah. church. I kind of like try to be low key for a little bit. And then as soon as yeah. someone asks me, so what's your story? They're like, wait, so you're a trained social media evangelist. You're a missionary who served globally. You've run global world conferences. You've run services. You know how to train volunteer teams. All the, you know, I have all these gifts, right? And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. And then they're like, you know, how do we get you to be on staff tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We got to talk to God about this. <laughs> yeah. So that's, exactly. for me, that's always a bit of the hesitancy in a church search um, as someone that's gone through burnout before, but it also has so many benefits. So to me, the season church is going to be really, really important to me. And um, I'm so excited to find a new church home and be rooted back in Michigan. So, yeah, exactly. So basically for anyone that's, that's listening today, um, they have to really, you know, feel what's really important for them. Maybe it's just the Sunday, um, you know, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. Um, but whatever you want, you just have to sort of think what's really important to you and then, you know, pursue that, um, and go to the church that, you know, suits you the best. But I encourage anyone, um, that's listening is make sure you do get plugged in, you know, to a church, whether it's online, whether it's in person, you know, home church or whatever, but actually get plugged in, um, to something, you know, to, because we can't do life by ourselves. We won't, um. We're not made to, you know, to do life uh, by ourselves. I'll just. Do you have anything? I will just say 
that COVID is not an excuse to not have a church home. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's my, my mini rebuke Amen. to anyone else that yeah. <laughs> is, is using yeah. that as a reason. It's not an excuse. It's more accessible yes. than ever yeah. before. So um, we need you as the body of Christ, whoever you are listening to this, that's not plugged in. And we need you to say yes to God and find and trust that he'll guide you to that right place where you're needed. And um, you'll be serving the kingdom in such a beautiful way um, in living life based on what is really important. Amen. Amen. Until next time. Yes. Live life based on what's really important.